0: But we're going to jump this morning into the second hero of the faith, which was Enoch. Can you say Enoch? I think I'm saying that right, and I might be saying it wrong the entire time this morning, but that's okay, because it doesn't really matter. We're going to talk about faith, and Enoch is really awesome, um, but it reminds me of a donkey. It reminds me of Shrek, Um, like, but it's Enoch. Um, It's just an unfortunate name. Like, he probably got bullied when he was a kid. not wasn't awesome. wasn't awesome. But let's take a moment to pray before we look to God's Word this morning. Lord, we thank you for a beautiful day. We thank you for the ways that you've blessed us. Lord, we thank you for the ways you have built our faith. Jesus, you said that even faith like a mustard seed can move mountains. So God, I pray as we look to your word this morning that we would be encouraged in our faith, God, in every area of our faith, Lord. And would we learn from your word and would we learn from the story of Enoch and and the the bit that is written about him? And would we be able to believe and uh, leave encouraged this morning to just uh, press in and and continue to grow our faith in you? Jesus' name we all pray. Amen. Amen. So, okay, I have a question. Is there anybody in the room here who is an athlete like me? all right? <laughs> I'm just kidding. You like sports. You're like, I like watching sports. I like playing sports. And really, there's like only four people or is everybody that tired? Is that okay? Don't worry. I went to bed at like 4 a.m. I'm probably more tired than you are. That's what happens when you're preaching is like you start freaking out on Saturday. <laughs> but here's the thing. Um, athletes and, and working out and all that kind of stuff and going to the gym and you'll least likely see me there during the week. Um, but I, I have uh, uh, had a good few number of conversations with people that work out and they're, they're getting fit and they're healthy and they use the machines and all that kind of stuff. So I've asked questions to my friends who, who would have this healthy practice of going to the gym and working out. And most of the time, not all the time, I'm gonna give credit to some, but most of the time they end up talking about like the machines they use, the practices, and how they like bend their arms and legs and then and after about six months, somehow they get like massive, but mine don't. Um, and they'll talk about dieting and certain foods to eat and certain foods not to eat. They'll talk about um, uh, like, um What's it called? Like that powder stuff. Zach, you know what it is. I have no idea what it is, but it comes in those giant containers and uh, it's not sugar. Um, If it was sugar, I would be drinking it all the time. But some type of powder that you put in your smoothies. See, I know nothing about being healthy, clearly. But I wanted to learn a little bit. So I did my own research uh, for the sermon and some of this is elementary, but some of it is actually really surprising. I didn't know um, the benefits of it. But did you know that the most valuable way to be healthy or to work out get active fit all that kind of stuff is walking just 30 minutes a day like the results of what you will get in your body physically mentally spiritually just from walking just 30 minutes a day like a lot of us spend more time in the bathroom okay but if we just spend 30 minutes a day walking we would have incredible health benefits here's what's crazy You can go to the doctors if you're sick or you're feeling ill or there's some pain in your body, and he or she can actually prescribe you to go for a walk. Isn't that nuts? Like, I'd be so mad if I went to the doctors and I was like, doctor, I'm just feeling like really under the weather. And they're like, you just need some fresh air. Like, you just need to go for a walk. It's actually prescribed like the doctor could say you know what you just need to go for a walk and I find that amazing because walking is clearly the most underrated way of exercising so I just want to go over a few ways um, that walking 30 minutes a day um, can help you in your life in so many different areas get this obviously walking will help burn calories it will lose weight walking can strengthen your heart Walking 30 minutes a day can lower your blood pressure, it can ease joint pain, it can boost your immune system, it can boost your energy, it can improve your mood, it can extend your life. Walking 30 minutes a day can actually give you more years on this earth. Isn't that crazy? Like if we actually knew how important that was now, we would have walked to church this morning, right? And it tones your muscles, clearly, and it sparks creativity. Walking has so many benefits, but it's so underrated. And I actually really, um, I, I really feel like I relate most to the last one is sparking creativity for the times that i have gone on the walk and i'm working on it Uh, i've been recently going to the skate park just to meet some uh, new young students in town and stuff like that and get connected with the ones that i was uh like when i was younger and uh, i live like two minutes away from the skate park and i drive there (laughs) it's embarrassing i drive there because i don't want my legs to be tired before i get on my skateboard but because of this sermon i'm gonna walk next time that i go to the skate park i know you can give me a round of applause thanks so much Maybe I need to prove it first. <laughs> but sparking creativity, um, I think, is one of the most beautiful parts of, of going for a walk for 30 minutes. And I think a lot of you would be able to relate for that. You would probably had the best ideas you've ever had when you've just kind of had an alone time and you're away from distractions. And uh, walking can, like, teach us a lesson. And we're going to learn about the importance of walking and specifically walking with God this morning. Um, but I want to tell you a really quick, like, really, really quick funny story from when I was in high school. So I had a friend. uh, He was—he's still one of my best friends. He was in my wedding party. Um, We just have had so many good laughs together throughout life so far. But there was this one moment when my friend—he really, really hurt my feelings. Like he, like broke my heart. Like he did something that was just like, man, how could you go behind my back and do that? And I know it wasn't his intention to do that, and he wasn't—he wasn't trying to be mean. um, But it, it, just like really, really hurt my feelings. And I remember I was watching this TV show called Friday Night Lights. Have you ever seen? that. It's like a football TV show. I don't think it's on anymore. It's kind of based on after the movie. It was really, really awesome. Taught me a lot of awesome, great life lessons. And there's this moment where the coach wakes up all of the um, students and the team of the football team at like 3 or 4 in the morning, because they were not uh, acting right at practice, and he gets them on this bus, and he drives way out into this farm field, and they have to do like all these like football practices in a farm field, and it's pouring rain out. It's so early in the morning. But there was specifically one teammate who was like kind of like stirring the pot, and he was the one that was like the coach was really upset with. So when they were done their practices, they all headed to the bus. They all got on the bus, and this last guy was getting onto the bus, and the coach said, no, you need to walk home. So that caught me thinking. I was like, you know what? I think I need to teach my friend a lesson. So I made sure I had my dad's car, and I picked him up. We drove to McDonald's. We made things right. We had a Big Mac. We were friends again. We hugged it out. And I'd, we were driving home, and we were like blocks, blo- like a good like 45-hour-minute walk away from his house. And when everything was good, I was like, man, we are like the bestest friends. And then I looked at him, and I said, Get out of my car. <laughs> and he's like, What? I was like, Get out of my car right now. He's like, What do you mean? I'm like, You're gonna walk home. I felt like his dad in this minute. <laughs> I was like 16. I was like, You're gonna walk home and you're gonna learn a lesson. I was so proud of that moment. I drove away and I had no regrets. And I still love that I did that today. I'm just kidding. You should never do that because you should wanna keep your friends. I was very lucky that uh, he's still in my best friends list, he was in my wedding party. But there's so many benefits to walking. So, quickly, I want you to turn, uh, if you brought your Bibles to church this morning, to Genesis chapter 5. And if not, you could see it on the Sky Bible, a.k.a. the screen. All right, Genesis chapter 5. We're going to start at verses 21 and read to 24. Just a little previous text before here. Um, we're talking about the uh, family line between Adam, like Adam and Eve, and Noah, like Noah's Ark. So basically all before this text we're reading today, it just goes through uh, Adam uh, had sons and daughters and they lived this many years and they had sons and daughters and they lived this many years and it goes through about like 15 people and then we get to verse 21. All right, so starting at verse 21 says this. When Enoch have lived had lived 65 years he became the father of methuselah great name after he became the father of methuselah enoch walked faithfully with god 300 years and had other sons and daughters although enoch lived a total of 360 sorry altogether enoch lived a total of 365 years enoch enoch walked faithfully with god then he was no more because god took him away there's so much, so much context to unpack in, in those few verses. But I remember when I first opened the Bible, like for the very first time, okay? I was at my friend Mike's house. He was the best man at my wedding party. He, was a, he eventually was a pastor of mine. And uh, I remember opening, I didn't open the Bible, sorry. I was taking a shower in his parents' basement. And he had the one where it had like the glass there, so there was no tub. And he had the first five books, uh, first five chapters of Matthew laminated, So it would stick to the side of the shower. So the first time I ever read the Bible was Matthew chapter one in the shower laminated uh, translation. Okay, (laughs) and uh, it was crazy because he was teaching me about the Bible and he was like, "Carlo, like the Bible is God's inspired word. Yes, it was written by people, but it was inspired by God." So. keeping that in my mind while I first read the laminated version of the Bible. And Matthew chapter one basically goes through Jesus's history line until him. And it's crazy because I was like, how, how is this inspired by God? Like, this is a big waste of my time. Like, when you open up Matthew, let's be real. Most of us skip the first chapter. Can we all agree with that? We're like, yeah, you know what? I skipped the first. Oh, does anybody know it? Does anybody memorize? I didn't think so. So, It got me to think, like, how could that be inspired by God? How can that be inspired by God? But as we read Adam's family line, um, there's something that actually sticks out really, really important. And it's these few words faithfully walked with God. Enoch was a man who faithfully walked with God. I would encourage you to go back in your Bible today and read the beginning of Genesis chapter five so you could see that nobody else had any context. God had nothing to say about any other people until he got to Enoch. And he said these few words. Enoch was a man who faithfully walked with God and there's only a few other areas in scripture that really reference Enoch so we don't get his his story we don't get his timeline or we do of how many years he lived but not what was included in those things really other than he had a son named Methuselah and a few other kids that they didn't even get named in scripture and it got me to beg the question how could Enoch be a hero of the faith if we don't know anything about him Like, doesn't that just seem a little unfair? Like, how could we base learning um, to be faithful to God off a dude named Enoch when we don't really know anything about him except these few verses? And I've learned in the last few weeks in my life with everything that's happened that just a few words can be so incredibly important. Just a few words can mean so much. And I actually believe the same thing is in Scripture. Everything we need to know about Enoch... And how he faithfully walked with God is right there for us. It's right there. And sometimes we take Bible characters and we kind of put them up on this pedestal. And um, I believe the Bible is holy and it's divine and it's, it's everything that we need. And God has included everything we needed it. But sometimes we take the characters of it, we put them up on this pedestal of like, we can never be that person. We can never reach that. But the truth is that God has written, helped written these things down, inspired people so that we can learn from them, not just be them. Okay, God is not looking for you to be Adam or Abel or Enoch or David or Paul or Timothy. He's not looking for you to just be those people. God actually wants you to be you. And the best way you can be you, we have a quote here on the screen on the next slide. This is a great one to write down. The best way to be you is to walk with the one who created you. The best way to be you is to walk with the one who created you. You don't have to, you can just take the pressure off. You don't have to be Enoch today when we learn from him. Just learn from him and be yourself. You only got to be Gloria. You only got to be Kathy. You only got to be Ian. You don't have to be Enoch. You can just be yourself this morning. But the best way to be yourself is to spend time with the one who created you. Okay, so I, I think if we're going to learn how to faithfully walk with God, if that's kind of our subject today, how to faithfully walk with God, we're going to try and narrow it down because there are a lot of steps when it comes to walking this life with God. But I've tried to break it down to four key elements we're going to go through quickly in the next few minutes, okay? So number one, what I want you to write down is this, so you remember it, because you might forget by the time you get home, is if you're going to faithfully walk with God it starts with believing. Like that first step is just believing in God. Does anybody here have kids? Has anybody here had a kid recently, like in the last few years or so? Amazing. Has anybody here had, uh, in the last little while, had a kid who has started to walk yet? Maybe not yet. They're almost on their way. Maybe in a couple months. Maybe in a year or so. Um, I'm not there yet. I am not a dad and uh, there is no kids on the way, okay? But um, I have a bunch of friends who have had kids recently and I love seeing the videos and hearing the stories and even watching their kids grow and talk and walk. And isn't it the most amazing thing? Like I used to watch like America's Funniest Home Videos with my family all the time. and There's always ones of babies taking their first step and then tripping and, and, and bumping into something and it was always crazy. But the reaction of parents when their kid takes their first step in life. Literally, their very first step by themselves is a milestone, is it not? Like, can you remember the moment when your son or daughter took that very first step? Like, it was a beautiful thing. Sometimes we, we, in church, because uh, if you're a believer, we kind of overlook this step of, like, salvation. Yes, I've done it. I've been a Christian for many years, or yada, yada, yada. But the thing is, This is one of the most important steps, if not, because none of the other stuff matters if it doesn't start with believing in Jesus. And the cool thing is the same way you react to your kid when they took their very first step, scripture says that heaven rejoices. The Pastor Carlo translation says, heaven throws a party, Alright, heaven throws a party when God's son or daughter takes her first step and believes in what Jesus did for them. It's a beautiful thing. Like literally, the angels are rejoicing and singing and God is like, this is the best thing ever. My son, my daughter has taken their very first step. So even though in this first few minutes we're talking about salvation and we're talking about believing in the first step of faithfully walking with God, don't tune me out if you've been a Christian for a while. I want you to actually go back in your memory and think about that time, that place, how it happened of when you said yes and took that first step in believing with God. It's It's a really important thing for us to be able to remember those moments, all right? So let's turn to Hebrews 11.6 and see what this says. So uh, uh, Hebrews 11.6, it's on the screen there. It says this, And without faith it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. There's two really quick things I want us to understand about this verse. Number one is the writer of Hebrews, the original context and and crowd he was writing to were Jewish converts. So they were Jewish, but they believed in Jesus because they either would have seen that or they would have heard stories and testimonies or he showed up and changed their life. Okay, So the original people that Hebrews was written to were Jewish believers. So when we understand that, a a Jew most likely a lot of the times would have, by like 13 or 14 years old, I believe, memorized the first five books of the Bible. When was the last time you read Numbers? Let alone memorized it. What about Leviticus? Anybody? Is that like your favorite go-to book of the Bible? Does it just inspire you? Or is it kind of hard to get through sometimes? Like we can be honest about that stuff. But as a Jew, if you grew up Jewish, you would be basically um, memorizing that as a teenager, as a junior high, like, like you would just spend every day reading the first five books, uh, what the, what we call the Torah, and you would be memorizing that. So they were really, really good at memorizing basically the law, the Mosaic law, like the Ten Commandments. And to understand the Ten Commandments, by the way, like truthfully, you actually have to see it in the bigger picture. We need to follow the Ten Commandments. It's actually there to help us in our walk with God and help us to faithfully walk with God. But you know the reason that God put the Ten Commandments um, on the tablets with Moses is actually for his people that were saying, I'm going to walk with you to realize how much they need him. Not so that you can try harder to be a better person. So when you feel like you actually are coming short and, and you're messing up and you're saying, man, I just can't get these 10 commandments down. That's the point. That's the point. It's actually to make us realize, Lord, I can't do this without you. I actually need your help. God did not put a list of 10 commandments there to say like, okay, when, uh, when you complete this, this is the way you're going to get into heaven. Because there's actually only one person who ever did that, and that's God himself, a.k.a. him in the flesh who is Jesus. So the Jewish people would have been really, really familiar with the law. They had just become Christians in the last little while, and they were starting to slip and forget about the grace and the mercy of Jesus. And they were kind of going back to their old religious rules and laws in those ways. And Hebrews uh, writes, without faith it's impossible to please God. Basically saying God is not interested in all the things you can do right. He's interested in your faith. God's not interested in all the things that you can do and the checklist of how good of a Christian you are. He's actually more interested in your faith in him. Where you believe him. Where you trust him. The second part is this. In this text, the writer uses the word reward at the end there. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. When I think of reward, I think of like a prize, right? And uh, that's actually what this is about. Like when you decide to believe with faith in God, you actually are given a prize. You are given a reward. But it's not like a financial reward. It's not just like some earthly possession. It's actually the reward, the prize of eternity with him. Which is one of the most beautiful things ever. It's one of the most beautiful things, John 14, 6 says this, and this is Jesus talking, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Beginning to faithfully walk with God also would have been Enoch's first step, is to believe in him. We can't overlook this part. And the beautiful thing is if you're in church for the first time today, or maybe it's been a little bit of of a while, or you're coming back, or maybe you've been hurt in the church before, and, and you're basing your faith on God and People, we've, we've taken the wrong first step. If you're here this morning and you don't have a relationship with God, the best part is there's no test, there's no check mark, there's no deed, there is no law that you have to complete to become right with God. None of that. All you have to do is take that first baby step and actually believe. It's an amazing thing. Number two is this, okay? If we want to faithfully walk with God, we've got to believe. The second thing is we need to listen. Can you say listen? One more time. I like it. I like it when everyone listens to me. <laughs> I've been married for just over a year now, and it's been uh, quite a ride. It's been so much fun. And um, Maddie is really, really good at discerning things, um, especially uh, about the things of myself. And uh, she's been able to open up to me and explain to me probably a, di- a diagnosis that I-, I have to go see a doctor about called selective hearing. Is there, is there anybody else in the room this morning that says selective hearing? There's going to be a lot of men, I think, that put their hands up. And uh, if you're not wives, you just look at them and say, honey, you have selective hearing. And they go, what? Right? I have selective hearing. But sometimes it's true. We actually have selective hearing to God. Like we might be a follower of Jesus, we say, yes, I believe, I've made that choice, I know I'm going to heaven, I'm saved, I I understand what Jesus did on the cross for me. But then when you open up your ears to start listening to God, you can become selective with him because when you open up your ears to listen to God, he will actually speak to you. You know, God is not going to put your ears or your request on a shelf in a box somewhere and say, ah, no, I'm not going to talk to them. He's looking for those that say, I am, I am going to earnestly seek after God and I'm going to listen to what he has to say. I'm going to take time in my day right when I wake up to say, Lord, what are you saying to me? He will speak to you. He will speak to you. But sometimes we have selective hearing because we don't understand or we don't like or it's not our preference of what God always has to say to us. Isn't that true? Like We can agree with that too, just like we have selective hearing that sometimes I don't like what God has to say to me. It doesn't line up with my will or my plans or my ideas or my preference, but actually learning how to listen to God, not selectively, but in every area of life is how we can faithfully walk with him. It's so important. And I understand that sometimes listening to God can be really hard and really confusing. So I want to go over just four simple ways of how you can hear the voice of God. All right, and these are good ones to take a picture of the screen or write down. Number one is God will speak to you through his word, the Bible. God will speak to you when you decide to crack open the Bible and read it. And I don't mean like, Lord, as I open this book to a random page, you will speak to me. He can do that because he's God and he's awesome. But most of the time, there's actually like, a, like basically like steps to understanding the Bible, right? Like we learned about a little bit of context and Hebrews and Jewish heritage and religion. God will speak to you through his word. That's his promise. If there's any way that you will be spoken to God and understand it every single day, you just got to start with reading his word. It's an amazing, amazing book. Number two is God speaks through our good thoughts. And one of my pastors back in Burlington when I was a teenager, he articulated it this way. All right, Every good, you, every good thought you have is from God. Every good thought. So if God, if we believe that God is good and he's actually the creator of good, like in Genesis, God created this and that and he said it was good. If God is the ultimate creator of good, then all these good ideas and thoughts and revelations and all these things that we think we have in our head are inspired by God. So when you have a really good idea like, you know what, I just want to go help that person out. That is God speaking to you. When you say, I just feel for some reason I need to give this away to somebody who needs it more than I do. That is God speaking to you. God speaks through our good thoughts and our good conscience all the time. Another way is God speaks through our dreams and visions. And for me, this one's more rare. I don't necessarily fit most into uh, this category. Um, But when God speaks through our dreams and visions, I love to surround myself from people where God speaks that way. It's so encouraging. It's such a neat way because God is so creative that he can actually take a dream or a vision and speak to us like that. Another way that God speaks to us is through other people. And this is the one that I find like the most incredible. God speaks to us through other people. He chooses to use us as a physical vessel for his voice. Isn't that cool? Like God actually wants you to be a vessel for his voice. It's a beautiful thing. But I just also want to just take a moment to really think about that as it could be a really dangerous thing. Like when you say, okay, God, I'm listening to you. I think I know what you're saying. I'm going to speak for you. You're going to speak for God. That can actually be really, really scary and really difficult. And we actually believe that here at Bethel and we practice that and we encourage that. But I want to I just note on this. If you are going to speak for God, please listen to what he's really saying. Like, take some time to really listen to what God is saying before you speak to him. Because you're going to be accountable for what you say for God. Amen? <laughs> so let's take some time just to really listen to his voice. Third thing is this. We've talked about how following um, God faithfully, you've got to start with believing. You need to learn how to listen to his voice. The third thing is this. You've got to trust God. You've got to learn how to trust him. This one really ties in with the listening part. Because we can become really good listeners. But well, we can be really bad trusters. Like, we, we can become really good listeners to God. We read his word, we pray, we prophesy, we do all the things that we just talked about, um, but when it comes to trusting God with what he's saying to us, that's where the rubber hits the road, and we go, oh, I don't know if I can do that. I don't know if I can do that. 2 Corinthians 5.7 says this, for we walk by faith and not by sight. And I believe that to be so true, because if I knew every moment of what my future held, even what's going to happen this afternoon, apart from my plans and my ideas and, you know, my my one-year plan, my five-year plan, my 10-year plan, all that kind of stuff, if I knew exactly what was going to happen in every moment, then walking by sight would seem a lot more rational. But if you're anything like me, I have no idea what is exactly going to happen next week. And I'm not talking about, like, your calendar and the things you have planned, but every single moment, we don't know it. So we have no choice, actually, but to walk by faith. Some people think faith is irrational and silly, but I actually think it's a non-negotiable. It's a non-negotiable. Faith is believing in things that are unseen. And there is a whole lot of stuff that we have not seen yet. Because we can't, we can't predict our future. It's impossible. So learning how to trust God, to have faith in God for what the future holds, is such a vital part to faithfully walking with him. The Bible is full of encouragement on how to trust God. By the way, that's why we're looking at a bunch of scripture today because I want you just to fall in love with His Word, to crack it open all the time in every area. This is what it says about how to trust God: Proverbs three five six, trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make your path. You, He will make your paths straight. Psalms. says this, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. The Last way. And it's not all the ways. These are just four elements and I think there's so many more, but if we can just begin to practice these things on learning how to faithfully walk with God, I think we're gonna see some incredible things this year. The last one is obey. Can you say obey? Now every element we've talked about so far, believing, listening, and trusting, those are all an inward expression to God. But obeying God is actually an outward expression. So it actually makes it a little bit different and a little more difficult. Because it takes a bigger step. Obedience is a much bigger step than the other three. Because it's not just on the inside. It can be a physical response. Every time I think of the word or hear the word obey, my initial reaction is like, I am not a dog. Like if someone came up to me and was like, obey me, sit, I'd be like, uh, I'm not a dog, so no. <laughs> um, but the funny thing is if I could choose to be any animal, I would totally be a dog because free belly rubs for life. Like, it's, like there's no better animal. It would be awesome. But obeying is a difficult thing. We can agree with that. We have been conditioned to think that obeying is like like you are you have no freedom it's ruling it's oppressive but when we actually understand obedience in a faith context it's actually a really 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 important thing galatians 5:16 says this but i say walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh and psalm 119:133 says this keep steady my steps according to your promise and let no iniquity get dominion over me. There's two things that I really, really want you to write down today. If there's anything to take home, it's gonna be these two things on obedience. And And you can take a picture of the screen or whatever will help you to remember them. First thing is this. Being obedient to God does not chain us down, but being free to sin does. So I think there's a, if we go to the next slide, you can take a picture of that or write that down. Being obedient to God does not chain us down, but being free to sin does. I understand. We've been conditioned to run away when we're told to be obedient. And we think that when we are, you know, skipping out on obedience, that that's more freedom. But the truth is, when we're not obedient to God, we're more bonded than we think we were. Way more because of sin. Being obedient to God does not chain us down. Being free to sin does. Second thing is this. I want you to take a picture of or Write it down. Being obedient to God is not when you agree with him. Obedience is when you disagree with God. Do you know it's actually okay to disagree with God? Like he expects you to disagree with him because you are not him. (laughs) So you're going to think differently. You're not going to have the same ideas. You're not going to have the same wants. But obedience is not when you agree with God. That's easy. We can all do that. Obedience is when God speaks to you and you trust him. But you go, nah. That's not obedience. Obedience is when you trust him and you say, you know what, Lord, I don't really understand this. In fact, I don't even agree with this. But I'm going to do what you say anyways. That's really hard. Like, we don't like doing that at all. Like, we didn't like doing that growing up with our parents. We Sometimes we don't like doing it to our kids. We don't like doing it at work. We don't like doing it in our social circles. We shy away from obedience all the time. But being obedient is actually when you disagree. So let me take the ease off and say it's okay to disagree, but it's not okay to be disobedient to God. We've looked over a few ways of how to be faithful to God, but I want to show you what being obedient to God looks like. Because sometimes we think, back like, a, like, like in Hebrews, like a Jewish culture, like it's just rule-based and law-based and religiously based. But Micah 6.8 says this. He has told you, oh man, oh man, what is good? And what does the Lord require of you but to do justice, love kindness, and walk humbly with your God? Ephesians 2.10 says this. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand, and we should walk in them. When we listen and trust with God, uh, what with God is asking us to do, obedience can be categorized into, I believe, these three things. To number one, do justice. To stick up for those who can't stand up for themselves. It can be to love kindness, which is to love and be kind to those who really don't deserve it. Because I actually just believe, I know like this is like a Beatles quote or something like that, but they kind of got it right. It's like, love is the most powerful force on the earth. I don't know if that was a Beatles. I don't remember. But it's true. It's true. Love can totally change a person from the inside out. Another way you can be obedient is to walk humbly. To strive to put others before yourself. Now, if, if obedience is about following rules, if that was true, these three things don't actually look so bad. I feel like that's actually something I want to do. I want to be obedient to God. I want to walk humbly. I want to strive to love others, even when I, I, they don't deserve it. I want to do justice, stand up for those who can't stand for themselves. Hebrews 11.5 says this. It's a little another section in the Bible about Enoch. We have a little bit in Genesis and this little bit in Hebrews. It says, by faith, Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death he could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. Now Enoch had like this really, really um, close, unique relationship with God to the point that he skipped death. I think there's like one or two people in the Bible that have ever done that. So they had this unique relationship. He was so faithful in the ways that he walked with God. God was like, I'm just going to take you to heaven now, and he didn't die. That's a crazy thought. That's a crazy thing. And his word tells me that faithfully walking with him would lead me to the same place of eternity. Where there's no more pain or sickness or guilt or brokenness or sin. So we might have to experience an earthly death that Enoch, so jealous, he got to skip out on. But when we faithfully walk in the same way, which is actually the point... We're going to end up in the same place. Now, I I didn't know how to articulate this or to share it or really to put it in words, but uh, uh, just over a month ago when my dad had passed away, um, I remember the first thing I did when I got to the hospital, it was a youth night, I like just booked it out of here, and the kids were like, oh, where'd Pastor Carlo go? And, and you guys prayed for my dad, which I, I thank you so much for. Fan, church family, you prayed for my dad, um, but the most beautiful thing happened is I got to the hospital room, I looked at all my family, I said, get out, just like I did to my friend in the car, and I took that moment to pray with my dad, and in that moment, he accepted Jesus. And even through every painful moment of when I say the word cancer, a lot of for you that hits home, and you understand the trials that you go through, and you understand the pain and the decisions that you have to make with the closest person in your life, like dying right before you. If I could put it this way like, my dad's body deteriorated, but his soul was so alive. His earthly body was deteriorating, but his soul was so alive. And then one of the most broken mornings that I had, he looked at me and he said, I know where I'm going. And he didn't say that because he wanted to make me happy. He didn't say that because I became a pastor. He didn't say that just to, to woo me or to make me feel good after it all happened. He reminded me of the moment of what was actually true. He said, I know where I'm going. When we faithfully walk with God, you can know where you're going. Timothy, in 2 Timothy 4, 7 to 8, says this, I have fought the good fight, I finished the race, I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award me on that day, and not only to me, but also to those who have longed for his appearing. I don't know about you, when I finally get to see God face to face, I want him to say those kinds of words. You fought the good fight, you finished the race, here's your prize. I want him to say, well done, good and faithful servant. If God was only going to use a few words to articulate your whole life, like he did with Enoch, to faithfully walking with him, what do you want God to write down about you? How do you want God to summarize your life when you come to the end of it? And I know that's a really heavy question and a really heavy topic, and it's, if, I feel a little bit morbid even asking that, but we really need to think about that this morning. When we come to the end of our life, what do we want God to say about us? What is the kind of legacy we're going to leave? Who are we going to be known for? I Hope that we can be people that are known for faithfully walking with him. So how do we apply this to our life? I know I went a little bit over time, but I think the application is one of the most important parts because we can sit here for 30, 40 minutes and, and we can memorize stuff and we can have a good time in church and then go home and, and not apply it. But applying it is, is what God really cares about right now. Okay. So how do we faithfully walk with God? We've got to take that first step and believe. If you haven't done that, you can do that this morning. You come right to me after the service and we'll pray. You can begin a relationship with God. You've got to start listening to him. We can't just be selective with the things we like, but we actually have to listen to God. And when, he, when you listen, he will respond. Trust him and where he's bringing you. Faith is the only thing you have to hold on to in the unknown, which is the rest of your life, by the way. And when you trust him, just be obedient Obedience is not a bad thing. It's actually a beautiful thing. But it's not when things are easy. It's actually when it's hard and you disagree. So if if you've been a member or or an attender at Bethel Church for the last little while, um, on Easter Sunday, we had launched something called Right Now Media. Does anybody use Right Now Media? Awesome. We got a handful of people. There's some people that still might be new to it. Um, Right Now Media, if you email info at BethelStratford.org and say, I would like Right Now Media. We will get back to you. We will give you a login. This is an online tool, ministry tool, that we have purchased for the entire church for you to use freely. Now, who loves free stuff? Isn't it the best? Like, free food tastes better. Free clothes are awesome. uh, Free gas is amazing. That never happens, but I pray that it does one day. Right Now Media is a free tool for you to use to learn how to faithfully walk with God Either by yourself or in a small group with your family, friends, all that kind of stuff. And I know there are hundreds if not thousands of videos and teachings from sermons to conferences to small groups to Bible studies to uh, devotionals on how to do these four things. To begin by believing in Jesus. It will give you the historical facts about who Jesus was. Learning how to listen to God, to hear the voice, I went through four things, but there's so much more. being able to learn how to trust him and we've all had our trust broken and the last thing is how to be obedient to God. so this morning we're not going to do an altar call. I'm not going to ask uh, the, the prayer team to come up, but what I want you to ask uh, what I'm asking you to do is if you have right now media, would you go home this afternoon, would you go home this evening and maybe just start with one say okay, what's one area of my life that I need to faithfully learn how to walk with God with a little bit more? Maybe that's believing, maybe that's listening, trusting, or being obedient. And just type that in and see what comes up. And you can just listen to it. You can just watch it. It's really, really simple. And if you don't have right now media, this is free for you. So please, please, please do yourself a favor and take advantage of this amazing tool. Can we pray? as we end this morning? Lord, we thank you for the ways that you've just spoken to us and, and the ways that you continue to reveal yourself through your word. Lord, I pray that we would be like Enoch this morning, that we would f- learn how to faithfully walk with you. God, when we come to the end of our life, we wanna be known for those types of things. We want those to, our stories to be written down in that kind of way. So Lord, if, if we're here this morning and we've never made that step, that first step just to believe in you, we can do that even right now. Lord, if we've just had a hard time listening to you and we, we just don't understand how to hear your voice, God, would you unplug our ears with all the other nonsense and would be able to hear you so clearly? God, would you just repair where we're broken, where our trust has uh, just been so hard to give away recently? We'd begin to trust in you. And God, would you just teach us to be faithful followers of you and to be obedient? God, we don't understand everything. A lot of times, Lord, we disagree and we want to go an opposite way. But God, teach us what obedience means. And that obedience actually leads to more freedom than we think our freedom does. Lord, remind us just to use tools like right now Media and so many other things to be able to do this. God, we ask that you would be with us this week. That as we faithfully walk with you, that we would be um, just reminded so clearly that you walk with us. That we're not alone. That you're by our side. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. We hope you have an amazing Sunday afternoon. Spend some time with family. By the way, next Sunday, one service, 10.30 a.m., Upper Queens Park, not here. You're having church by yourself if you come here, and that's not fun. So show up at the park, 10.30 a.m., bring a lawn chair. Simple Dreams is putting on a picnic after. It's going to be a great time. See you then. Thanks for checking out this week's message, Bethel Church Podcast that it's blessed you and encouraged you, and that you come back and check out next week's message as well.